Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives, a podcast by Noibu, where we explore the elite strategies and cutting edge insights with our expert guests. Get ready to propel your e-commerce business to the next level. Welcome to another episode of the e-commerce toolbox, Experts Perspective. Joining us today, we have ourselves a real e-com vet. Welcome, Nate. It's good to be here. Awesome. So my first question is going to be really about your career. Maybe talk to us a bit about how you ended up at Horizon Hobby. Obviously, you worked at Select Blinds. You worked in the mortgage industry. So a lot of diverse experience. Maybe give us a high-level overview of how you ended up heading up e-com for uh, Horizon Hobby. Absolutely. So my journey really starts in the late 90s when I tried to go to college and I hated it. <laughs> and so, you know, I wanted to build something. And so a friend of mine, we got together and we started, and this is 98-ish, so pretty early in e-commerce, but we started a mortgage application, like we'll get you quotes for your mortgage, like an e-loan or a lending tree. We were all doing this at about the same time. We had a real sweetheart deal with MSN. If any of you remember MSN as a destination place you would go to get your news. We had a real sweetheart deal where anytime someone searched for mortgage application or they would get dropped on our page and fill out an application. And we made some mistakes. We decided that we were going to be a hub for people to request information and we were going to farm that out to bankers and brokers around the country, which was not the right way to go. LendingTree and Elon and all these other people went about it the right way. You do the loans yourself. Don't give those leads to somebody else. Anyway, so we learned from that. We sold that moved into window coverings, just saw a need that could be filled. I mean, that's how all good businesses are built is you find a gap where there's a value proposition and you fill it. And so we eliminated the need to go to these guys who were driving around in their vans, come and measure your windows, charge you an arm and a leg to put them in. You can do it yourself. It's really not that hard. So we created an experience for customers to be able to do that. And it blew up. It took off. As we went on that journey of 16 years for me with them, I was one of the founders, one of the people who started it, was there until transaction, which was May of 2019. You know, we built partnerships along the way with Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And we hit it at the right time because all these DIY shows were coming out. We were partnering with all of them and they'd see our product and our logo and it worked. But I learned a lot through that, built a business that was very large. And when I exited that, I really didn't have a plan. And recruiter just called me and said, hey, have you ever thought about selling toys? And I'm like, well, I would like to do something fun because window coverings are not fun. And I wanted to like prove to myself I wasn't a one-shot wonder or wonder, I guess what they call it. And I could do it again. And so the opportunity with Horizon Hobby came up. I looked at it. They were maybe a decade behind from a technology standpoint. And so I jumped in been here for almost five years now. Love it. The product is awesome. You can see behind me, it's really cool product. That truck right there goes 80 miles an hour. So there's a lot of fun stuff. It's not your dad's RC is what, what I say. So it's a completely different world, but it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the opportunity to be here. That's awesome. Really, really cool background story. I think the mortgage learning is a big one as well. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Having obviously now breadth and depth of experience, maybe talk to us a bit about analytics. Obviously, customer retention mm-hmm. is a really, really important topic in e-com. When you saw all these 
during COVID, all these e-com companies that were raising tons of money and losing money on transactions. The whole story was built around LTV, right? Now, whether some of that smoke or not's going to be left up over the next couple of years to be debated. But I'm curious from your standpoint, how do you leverage analytics to understand the human component, the relationship with your customer base to really drive up that LTV? Yeah. So one of the cool things about an e-commerce business is that you have insights into your customers that you don't necessarily have if you're a brick and mortar business. So, you know, you can see very clearly what they're engaging with in your store or on your website. You can see where they exit, where they leave the shopping funnel. With some tools, you can even see when they're frustrated based on how they click on their map. You can identify that there's points of frustration. You know, I think that understanding the behavior of your customer from the time they hit your store to the time they leave, regardless of whether they make a transaction, is an opportunity. And the really good businesses leverage those data points and they're looking at them on a daily basis and they're understanding that where there's opportunity and where they need to double down, right? So it's critical from an e-commerce standpoint to know how to do this. Because if you don't know how to do this, you're going to be subject to all the outside influences inside your store. But if you really understand it, you can do some things that are really, I don't know, fantastic, I guess is a good word to say. As you understand this data, it can drive journeys. And we'll talk, I'm sure, about journeys later on. Yes. But understanding that, you know, a customer, you've got a group of customers who bought this product. And of that group of customers, six months later, X number of them came back to buy something else. Well, chances are the other people who haven't bought that need it. They just don't realize it yet. And so you can really do some fascinating things with it from a marketing standpoint. And then just the ever-evolving, get 1% better every day. And you can find something in analytics every day that could be improved on. I don't love Google's new tool. So we're actually looking at third-party opportunities. But I think I'm not alone in being sad that universal analytics is no more. For sure. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, but it is critical. You need to understand it. And once you do understand it, you can really do some amazing things with it. Awesome. And like you'd mentioned, obviously, when you joined your Horizon Hobby, there's a ton of opportunities. And you had mentioned they're kind of behind from a competitive standpoint on tooling. What are some of your proudest moments or some of the projects that you've worked on that you feel kind of most proud of? There's a couple. So I'd say the first one was we were on a very antiquated e-commerce platform. And they were two updates behind. It was IBM's old platform. It was WebSphere. And they were two updates behind and going down every day. And it was just a mess. So coming in, having the ability, the trust put in myself and our CFO from the leadership team to choose a new e-commerce platform. We vetted a lot of them and we landed on Salesforce. The biggest reason we landed on Salesforce is the scalability. We're a house of brands. So Horizon Hobby is really the umbrella of all of these other brands that we support. And we wanted to build individual experiences for these brands, but leverage one catalog. And really the only e-commerce tool at that moment in time, four years ago, that really did this well was Salesforce. So we now have brand sites for most of our brands and are providing different experiences for our customers for each of those brands. And you know, I, that's one of the big wins was the changing technology. I'd say the other one is the development of our loyalty program. If you don't have a good loyalty program today, you are just bleeding customers to Amazon, to whoever gives them the best deal. 
I think that in the world we live in today, the loyalty program is probably one of the most critical elements to having a successful e-commerce experience because you reward them every time they come back. It's no different than giving my dog a treat every time I get her to sit. Eventually, the behavior becomes just automatic. Like when they think they need something, they're just automatically coming to me. Amazon doesn't even cross their mind. And so that's the goal is to build those relationships directly versus being reliant on third-party marketplaces or other elements of the e-commerce world. And at the same time, from where I sit, like we have over a thousand brick and mortar customers that buy our product and we support them and their hobby shops all over the country. And to really get the experience you want from the hobby, you need to be in these hobby shops because that's where the community is built. And this is really a community where you want to do it together. It's not nearly as much fun running your RC car in front of your house as it is at a park with five other guys or girls, because mm-hmm. girls like RC too. But it's the community element of it that is important. And so the website and the loyalty program are really important. But you know, I'd say just in business in general, you need to have that connection to your customer where they keep coming back. Yeah. And this is going to kind of dovetail into my next question around, obviously, it's a different time right now and how companies are looking at digital marketing spend. There's been a ton of inflation on the actual cost of acquisition. So I think what you're saying is very timely, but I'm curious, is this something that is like new from a talk track standpoint, or has this kind of been one of your philosophies over the last couple of years? And how do you balance acquiring new customers versus retention? Because when a lot of people get drunk on free capital and things are going well, everyone's all about acquire, 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 and we'll figure out the rest later. Like curious, I guess, two-part question. Is this like, is this something that having this type of operational rigor, is this something that's newer to the business or something that you've implemented from the beginning? Maybe we'll start there. Okay. Yeah. So our loyalty program is a little different than most in the sense that there are tiers to it. One of the things that we did two years ago was we instituted a pay-to-play like Amazon Prime type membership for our customers. And the rewards that you get on that membership are really beneficial. Now, the caveat is you're going to give me $130 a year to be a part of that membership. But we have well over a thousand people who are in that membership that are directly tied to our website. And the benefits that they've seen, what we've found is that they are our salespeople for that program. I mean, you get a direct line to a customer service rep. It's a concierge type situation where you are going to be white glove treatment the whole way through. You have a problem, we're going to solve it. And for this hobby, which can get very expensive, we found that that level of support is something that they crave. So we've had a loyalty club since I started. It has grown into what it is today, which I believe Newsweek does a study every year of loyalty programs. And I think we were rated number two in the hobby segment last year. Yeah. So I don't think you can spend enough money on your loyalty program. I'll start there. When it comes to customer acquisition, you know, there is a diminishing return on investment and identifying where that diminishing return on investment is, is really critical because your agency will spend as much as you allow them to spend and tell you that it's money well spent, regardless of what your ROI is, because you're building your brand reputation, you're building recognition to your product, you know, and they're right to a point. But there does come a time when that money can be spent better in other areas. And so what we've done is we've struck a balance between customer acquisition costs and funding 
the loyalty element of our business. And so I think for every business, it's going to be a little different because your margins are going to kind of dictate where that balance lies. But for us, I believe we found that balance. And the amount of money that we're spending on each side of the fence continues to drive a healthy number of new customers into our ecosystem, but also allows us to retain that want to have a really close relationship with us and want to have their hand held through the hobby. And then the last thing is a good customer referral program, which is still something I'm trying to nail down here is how we make that work. Our loyalty partner doesn't necessarily have a referral element to it. So it's something we're working on outside of that. But once you've got this base of customers that in our loyalty programs have 10,000 plus customers in them. And so once you have this base of customers, they become your sales team, your external sales team, if you allow them to do it. So that's the next step in the evolution for us is a really robust and aggressive referral program. Okay. That's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious, as you look at, like, obviously you have a good customer base, you've built a really good loyalty program, you even have kind of like a prime, like a subscription style service. When you look at the space, how do you really think of the competition, right? Like our people and how do you balance like making sure that you are getting your name out there and you're not having some new incumbent that's doing kind of a ton of marketing and overpowering? Like, do you think you can spend your way into the market in this particular market or what's your thoughts on that? I think you can. I think you can spend your way into any market. I don't think it's cheap or efficient by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, this market is an experience-based market. And so if you provide, I would say probably the easiest way to spend your way into something like this is through capitalizing on that. But you have to have the product. And the advantage that Horizon has is that we manufacture the product. We don't just sell it. And so I think to buy your way into selling RC online, sure, you could do that. To buy your way into what Horizon is, or the manufacturer, the warrantor, the seller, I don't think you can do that. I think that that would be a monumental task. You'd have to start whether you wanted to start in manufacturing or start in retail. You'd have to start in one place and then be successful enough there to fund the rest of it. You know, I have a different opinion of that with something like window coverings where it became just a commodity. So I think buying your way into a business like that is a lot easier because we didn't manufacture the product. We sold other people's product and anybody can establish those relationships. And it was a drop ship model where we would place the order for the customer, send it to this factory, and then they would fulfill the order and send it to the customer with our stickers on the box, make it look like it came from us. I think in an industry where it's a commodity, you can absolutely buy your way in. It's a lot easier. On something like what I'm in today, I think it's much more difficult. Yeah, that makes sense. I think having a vertical supply chain, right, and depends on how deep you get. But no, I couldn't agree more. And I think especially with like platforms like Wix and Shopify that make it really easy to spin up a store mm-hmm. and make you seem bigger than you are. But then again, all the profit will be competed away in certain segments. Anyone can get the product, anyone can sell it online, and it's a commodity. To your point, profits will be competed mm-hmm. away and you'll see kind of compressing margins. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and all it does is become yes. a race to the bottom. All it does is become a race to the lowest price, which is not a business anyone should want to be in. Couldn't agree more. On, on that note, when you look at Horizon Hobby and without giving away too much, like where do you think that you guys are like best in class, either from an experience standpoint or like a positioning standpoint? Like where do you really think that you guys have effectively forged the playbook? 
I would say two places. The first place is our product. You will not find a better product in the RC market than what we sell. And it is best in class. It is what drives today, what drives the experience for the customer with Horizon. And I would say the rest of our company is catching up to what the product experience is. If we could match that in every area of our organization, we would be unstoppable. And so there's some room to grow there. I would say from my perspective, the loyalty program is probably the spot that we are best in class from an e-commerce standpoint. We deliver excellence and we deliver value and we deliver a reason to continue to come back to us. So I would say that those two things are where we're best in class. Cool. I couldn't agree more. Tell me whether it's something that you're looking at directly in your role, or you think a lot of people in your position are facing. Like, what do you think some of the biggest challenges of 2024 for people that are heading up P&Ls for e-com, customer experience, digital experience? Like, where do you think some of the biggest challenges are? You know, I think this year, it's an election year, right? So it'll be turbulent. There won't be a lot of progress made on solving problems at the country level. So I'm a little concerned about discretionary income being a problem this year. I'm really worried about credit card debt that the citizens of this country have. I'm looking at it, it's like a hockey stick. And it's not conducive to a healthy environment for doing what we do, which is not something you have to have. It's something you want to have. And it's a diversionary opportunity. It's fun, right? And when you can't afford eggs, milk, gas, and the fun goes to the sidelines. And so that is probably my biggest concern from a macroeconomic standpoint, what this year looks like. In the world of e-commerce, you know, I don't think that I would say anything other than there's opportunity available right now. I think that with the AI and a bunch of, you know, enhancements to technology in our sector, the ability to get efficient, to get things done more quickly, I think is really exciting to me. And so, you know, those are the challenges, stuff I really can't control. The exciting part of it is the stuff that, you know, is really fast moving. And I think the challenge is don't tie yourself to something for a long period of time because it's moving so quickly that you don't want to get stuck in something and get left behind. And so I'm doing really short contracts with our AI chat and some other elements of AI that we have to make sure we don't get stuck with somebody. You don't want to get stuck with what they call the DVD that wasn't Blu-ray, HD DVD or whatever. You don't want to get stuck there in that technology and have something else take off. So I think just really short contracts to make sure that right now that we're nimble and we're able to move quickly if we need to. Makes sense. Nate, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I loved your perspective on customer loyalty. I think this is going to be such a good specialized episode. I always like to find everyone's kind of core strengths and go deep on that. So Look, I really appreciate your time. I think it was a super valuable lesson. I learned a lot and thank you so much. Thank you. Take care of yourself. The e-commerce toolbox expert perspectives is brought to you by Noibu. To find out more about Noibu and how we can help you debug your e-commerce site and rocket your revenue, visit www.noibu.com. That's N-O-I-B-U dot com. And then make sure to search for the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. 
On behalf of the team here at Noibu, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.